This just handed to me. The following podcast is a Sam Productions production. Welcome to the Autism Warriors podcast, episode 32, Sensory Issues. Um, you can visit us at our website at autismwarriors.com. Our email is feedback at sayitproductions.com. Our voicemail is 813-915-6390. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash autismwarriors. Or you can find us on Twitter at Say It Prods. We're here live every Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget to go to iTunes to rate and review our show. We respect and uphold the rights of people to make choices concerning their family member with autism, whether it be vaccinations, therapies, or medications. My name's Erica Plord. I'm mother of two children on the spectrum, Cassidy 10 and Garrett 8. And my co-host over there is Pam. Pam, how you doing? I'm here, and I would give anything for a bedroom door. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have a bedroom door? No, the dog knocked it down (laughs) when we first got him, and we've not replaced it yet, so I have no sound barrier. But I am Pamela Mari, and my son's name is Joey. He's 14, and he's on the spectrum also. Great. I could hear him in the background. That's why I want the door. Uh, Anyway, one announcement. We'd like to wish everybody happy Father's Day to all the loving, patient, and dedicated fathers of children with autism, whether their children be small or have grown to adulthood. Your participation and assistance in your child's upbringing will make all the difference in your child's future. And as usual, we have the Zach Picto of the Week. If you go to Zach Browser's website, it's online with a new look. That's Zach Browser, Z-A-C Browser.com. We're preparing the launch of the next version in July, which is going to be called Zach Browser Gold. Yay. I found one resource this week. Actually, I get an email from these people all the time. The link will be in the show notes. But this particular resource, it's it's a webinar, and it's going to be talking about time, travel, and transition using visual strategies for student success. The event date is Wednesday, June 27th. The time is 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. The speaker is Linda Hodgden. She's an MED CCC SLP. Don't ask me what that means. Masters of Education, I don't know what CCC means, but SLP, I believe, means speech-language pathologist. But that was my one resource for the week. I see you have several, Pam. I'm sorry, I had to go shut the only door I had available. Um, yeah, I think I may have printed out my wrong set of show notes, but because we're doing a, a show on sensory issues, I wanted to plug these in. Um first one is called the Out of Sync Child Checklist, and it is an online screening checklist for parents who think their child may have sensory issues. And of course, 
the out of sync child is pretty much the the Bible, the manual for folks that deal with children with sensory issues. It's been around for a long time. So, uh, it, you know, if you suspect your child might have some sensory issues, you can go to this website and do the checklist and see if you might want to have them checked out by an OT. Uh, the second one is the SPD Foundation, Sensory Processing Disorder Foundation. Uh, it's a good source for many questions regarding sensory processing disorder and how to deal with it and get further information. And like I say, do I have a third one there, Erica? You have a third one called fastcompany.com, Carly's Cafe, online visual experience of what it's like to have sensory overload. Yeah, this is the one I wanted you to check out. I just stumbled onto it today. And as we were saying, Carly Fleischman is about 17 years old, I believe now. She's a young lady with autism, and and she's relatively famous. Um, her father and her mom, you know, worked and tried all kinds of different interventions for her, and they had it pretty rough, and Carly had it pretty rough. And finally, one day, I think they plunked her down in front of a computer and told her if she wanted something, she had to type it out. So needless to say, she's come a million leaps and bounds since that day. And she's also written her own book, but her father, I believe is a film producer and they've created, uh, this interactive video called Carly's cafe. And what it shows you, it allows you to see what she sees, what she hears, what she experiences as a nonverbal person with autism going into a typical public place, like a coffee shop. And it's really cool. I think it's, I did it quickly today before I called you and told you about it, but I'm going to go back and do it again to see mm-hmm. all, all the different, you can move around within the coffee shop and, and see the different things that, that affect her and how they affect her as far as sensory overload goes. I think it's really great. So it's at um, Carly's Cafe and like you say, the the two links, one for the article about it and one for the actual Carly's Cafe interactive piece are both in the show notes. Definitely. Well, anyway, on to the sponsor part of our show. Do you have a website, Twitter account, blog, or product you want to sell to tell the world about? You can sponsor an episode of this podcast or any other show at Say It Productions for only $5. Head on over to sayitproductions.com backslash sponsor to purchase your spot. So, our topic of the week is sensory issues and autism. Don't touch me. Yeah, how often do I hear that? Tonight, we thought we would touch, again, pun, a total pun intended. (laughs) Couldn't help it. On sensory processing issues in persons with autism. And I know when I first began my journey with autism with Joey about eight years ago, therapists mentioned to me sensory issues. And I remember going to a sit-down meeting and the lead lady of the sensory of the OT department describing to me what sensory processing disorder was. Pam, you cut out there for a minute. You said when you started journey with Joey almost eight years ago and then you totally cut out. So oh, wow. I don't, I don't know well. if you want to start that segment again. What well, do you like think, Corey? Saying, yeah. I thought that these folks were truly off their rocker, didn't know what they were talking about when they tried to describe that he didn't like to be touched, why he liked to be in the ball pit, why he smacked himself at a spot on a body where I would touch him 
And I remember leaving the meeting thinking about one lead occupational therapist. Man, she's really a nice lady, but she's off a rocker. I mean, I just didn't get it. The concept that a person does not feel grounded on the earth in their own body was way out there to me. I just didn't get it. But as my son grew, I began to see what they were talking about. So tonight we'll talk about the myriad of sensory issues that some kids with autism deal with and how difficult it makes daily life for them. And Eric, I just thought I'd put in here the technical definition of sensory processing disorder if you want to read it. Oh, absolutely. And this comes from Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. But sensory processing disorder, or SPD, is a neurological disorder causing difficulties with taking in, processing, and responding to sensory information about the environment and from within the own body. Visual, auditory, tactile, auditory, tactile, olfaction, gustatory, vestibular, and proprioception. For, one, for those identified as having, having SPD, sensory information may be sensed and perceived in a way that is different from most other people. Unlike blindness or deafness, sensory information can be received by people with SPD. The difference is that information is often, often registered, interpreted, and processed differently by the brain. The result can be unusual ways of responding or behaving, finding things harder to do, difficulties may typically present as difficulties planning and organizing, problems with doing activities of everyday life, self-care, work, and leisure activities. And for some with extreme sensitivity, sensory input may result in extreme avoidance of activities, agitation, distress, fear, or confusion. The term SPD is often used though not without controversy, instead of the earlier term sensory integration dysfunction, which was originally used by an occupational therapist, A. Jean Ayers, as part of her theory that deficits in processing and interpretation of sensation from the body and the environment could lead to sensory motor and learning problems in children. The theory is widely acknowledged, but also has generated tremendous controversy. Some state that sensory processing disorder is a distinct is distinct is a distinct diagnosis while others argue that differences in the sensory responsiveness are features of other diagnoses SPD is not recognized in a standard medical manual such as ICD-10 or the DSM-IVTR the committee that prepares the DSM-5 has requested that additional studies are done before the disorder can be recognized. On the other hand, SPD is in Stanley Greenspan's Diagnostic Manual for Infancy and Early Childhood and as Regulation Disorders of Sensory processing part of the zero to threes diagnostic classification. SPD is often associated with a range of neurological, psychiatric, behavioral, and language disorders. There is no known cure. However, there are many treatments available. Sensory disorders may influence one, some, or all of the physical senses. There are seven categories encompassing our sensory functions. These groups are tactile or touch, auditory or hearing, visual or sight, taste, olfactory, smell, vestibular, movement and gravity, and proprioceptive body awareness, muscles and joints. Most people experiencing sensory disorders are either hypersensitive, overstimulated, 
or hyposensitive, understimulated. One, one defective sense influences several different bodily functions. If one or more senses are disturbed, the sensory messages sent to the brain are incorrect. These, those messages become disarranged, causing the individual afflicted to perceive their environment in a different way. Reality is misinterpreted, leading to faulty judgments and replies. There are types of SPDs, and PM, I thought I'd just, I do one, you do the next. Yeah, sure. Because, okay. I mean, this I'll, is really some technical, technical, technical stuff. wording to, to trod through here. So, yeah. Um, so, tactile, avoidance of touch, high pain tolerance, poor coordination, cleansing of hands and or other body parts often, dislike of grooming, brushing teeth and or hair. Placing hands or fingers in mouth often, continuously in motion, walks heavily or on toes, avoids particular textures in foods, clothes, or other substances, and dislikes wearing clothing, clothing tags, socks, and or shoes. Now, before we go on, I'm sure you can relate to some of these. Oh, yeah. We I got the of, tags. We have the tag issue. I have, have the, the cleansing of hands in Cassidy. I have the dislike of grooming, brushing yes. teeth, especially in Garrett. Brushing hair here. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, avoids particular textures in foods. Garrett doesn't like... Garrett doesn't like for a while there he didn't like chicken the texture of chicken but he's gotten past that but he doesn't like the texture of steak he says he can't chew it and he, he'll chew it and then spit it out he does not like the texture of steak yeah um, clothing I haven't really had to wear worry about um, tags so much as with but with Garrett's socks he can't withstand wearing socks He'd rather go sockless in his in his sneakers and really to me that's gross. But sometimes I can get him to wear socks and sometimes I can't. For the most part, he's grown accustomed to wearing socks. But if he can get away without wearing socks, he will he will do it. Even when he was an infant, he refused to wear his um, anything on his hands. You know, gloves or, or mittens, you know, he'd pull them off immediately. He'd pull his socks off immediately. He still does not like wearing gloves. But yeah, he knows Joe, he has Joey to. has issues with socks too. It like if you have bumps in your socks, you know, if they're not completely smoothed out, like your sweat socks. Oh yeah. Or he'll say the socks are too small when really he wants them pulled tighter. Um so many, so many things that have to do with just the way the clothes feel on his body, if he's sweaty, like I said, we have the sweaty, my butt is sweaty issue now because it's summertime. Mm -hmm. And I guess what we want to stress with these things is we all have, we all have things like that, you know, don't like wearing cashmere sweaters, or you don't like wearing wool sweaters or, um, you know, things of that nature. But for these guys, it, it drives them to fits of distraction they they can't tolerate it it you know whereas you or i might say well i guess i won't wear this sweater tomorrow you know and get through the day but for them it's just torture yes. so uh the auditory category over or under reacts to loud noises that's my son tantrums easily or appears to ignore others covers ears frequently yes repeated humming or singing to self Evades large groups of people, listens to TV, radio, etc. at unreasonably elevated volumes, 
bothered by environmental commotion, continually turning lights on and off, and that's my son, and fascinated with mirrors. That's Joey. Yeah. Oh, you jumped somewhere. Anyway, um, Cassidy is the one that overreacts to loud noises, whereas Garrett underreacts to loud noises. It all depends, though. Like, if in the car they're arguing back and forth, the way I can get them to stop arguing back and forth is by turning the the volume on the stereo as loud as I can stand it. And then you'll hear one or the other scream, turn it down! And I... No, not until you stop misbehaving. I torture my kids. Um, Garrett is able to ignore others. Um, Cassidy, she's pretty much grown out of it, but not, I mean, every once in a while she'll do this. She'll cover her ears. Um, she repeat. She repeatedly sings to herself. Um And Garrett's bothered by environmental commotion. Um, Cassidy has a little bit of impediment in speech. Um, That's pretty much all I can come up with. But then there's visual views, items, toys, books, etc. close to the face. Garrett does that. Positions, objects, and rows. Cassidy used to do that. She doesn't do it anymore. She's turned into a slob um (laughs) repetitive opening and shutting of doors and or drawers they used to do that all the time and it drove me insane continuously turning lights on and off enthralled by shiny and or reflective items mirrors glass etc and frequent rubbing and or squinting of eyes garrett does the close to the face when with with one of his Catrillion stuffed animals. He'll put it really close to his face and then he'll flap it in front of his face. Okay. Like he, he really, really enjoys doing that. But he doesn't do it all the time. But like if he's just sitting there, all of a sudden he'll just pick up his toy and flap it in his face. And he, his teacher has even noticed it. He does it at school. He's like, oh, Pete, every once in a while he'll pick because the teacher allows him to have one stuffed animal at his desk every day. Okay. As part of his reasonable accommodations. He's like, it's not bothering any of the other kids. Why should I take it away from him so he gets upset? Oh. I'll let him have it at the, at, the, at, the, at the desk. He says, every once in a while, I'll turn around and Garrett will have the, the thing up to his face and stimming with it. You know, he's, that's obviously he's stimming, but he likes that sensory thing and everything. But on to taste... Now, I can relate to this one with Joey. Gnaws on items, toys, clothing. Clothing is a big one here. Chewing chewing on the, uh, like the collar of the shirt. Garrett used to do that. He doesn't oh. do that anymore, but he used to do that. And it was like, what are you doing? Why is your, why is your chest all wet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Places fingers and her hands in mouth often, yes. Prefers food either bland or extremely tasty. Joey's a salt freak. Prefers to eat only a few select foods, yes. Uh, trouble brushing teeth, no, but gags, chokes, etc. And rejects food items that appear to be altered in color or in, or usual appearance. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know. Cassidy over- is the one that rejects foods uh, or food items that appear to be altered in color or usual appearance. She freaks out if she looks at a piece of chicken and she sees anything pink on it. 
because she thinks it's raw. Like tonight we had rotisserie chicken for dinner and it had been marinated. So, and you know, not all, some parts of the chicken, like the dark meat is kind of pink. You know, I'm like, Cassidy, it's cooked all the way through. Why are you worrying about it? I can't she's, blame her. She's like, I can't eat it. I can't eat it. It's raw. It's raw. It's raw. I'm like, eat your food. <laughs> I can't blame her. I remember Joe used to take those, well, he still will when he gets them out, the orange crackers, square peanut butter. They come six in a pack. Mm-hmm. We call them Lance crackers here. But it's the orange cracker with the peanut butter inside. And if the peanut butter was like oozing out the side of the cracker in an un, in ununiform manner, mm-hmm. he, would, he wouldn't touch it. He'd discard it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was, I'd like, be like, what are you looking at? You know, well, what the I'm, heck are you looking at? Until I realized it was like a perfectionist thing. You know, to him that was a malformed cracker or whatever. He would just, we'd go through so many. You know, I mean, who who's that picky about, oh, you know. About but, peanut butter, right? Yeah. Well, I look at the, this, you know, the taste about the trouble brushing trees, teeth. We also mentioned it earlier with the tactile. So I don't know if it's tactile or the taste for Garrett with his refusal to brush his teeth. Yeah, it could be either. It, w- it could guess- be either or both for all I know. I don't know, maybe in the future we can get an OT on here to to tell us about that. And, of course, the next one is olfactory. Mm-hmm. Uh, your smell, I believe that refers to, yeah. frequently complains of certain odors, avoids places that are aromatic, the kitchen, the bathroom, restaurant, zoos, etc., does not like group settings, commonly sniffs food before and or while eating, repeatedly smells everyday household items, gags and or vomits when around specific odors and Smears feces and or loathes, loathes to be soiled. Now, you remember when we talked to, oh, God, I just had his name. The guy with the bird. Um, oh. Oh, thank you very much, Pam. I know. It's not pre- Tom, it's Rex, Rex Athey. Rex Athey. Yeah. Who yeah. told us about the oranges? Yep, he can't see in the smell of oranges. It actually makes him physically sick. Yeah. Yep. And how his um, co-workers would degrade him and, and belittle that fact and leave oranges on his desk. I definitely remember that. I, I can't think of anything with my kids um, talking about different odors. Cassidy does not like the smell of bleach at all. Refuses. I have spray to spray on the table to bleach it down and she's like, I hate this. I hate this. Now it's on my hands and I can't stand the smell of this. So then, you know, goes and continuously washes her (laughs) hands. Like, oh my goodness. But anyway, vestibular, vestibular rather, Panics when upside down and or tilted to one side, 
terrified of feet leaving the ground, becomes nervous around water, hills, and or stairways, continuously in motion, affecting attention and communication, seems to move awkwardly, repeating repeatedly jumps and or spins may appear calmer after such activities and may not enjoy riding in vehicles becomes ill from the movement. I will tell you that Garrett, not anymore, but when he was a little bit younger, maybe three or four, he did not like getting piggyback rides. He did not like getting, you know, shoulder rides. He did not like people picking him up and putting him above his head, above their head. He did not like um, being thrown in the air and caught. He didn't like anybody taking him and flipping him upside down. He would, he would freak out. He would freak out. He would hold on to you for dear life. Sometimes when you just picked him up off the floor to hold him as a toddler, he would freak out. So... But he's grown out of that. He loves to be held now. (laughs) As you were talking, I was thinking, well, which is the one, which category is the one where they say they like to swing? You know, on a swing, actually swinging. That would be vestibular. Because I I believe. It's a continuous motion. Yeah, I won't. I hope I'm not showing my ignorance, but I believe it. Your vestibular system has to do with like your inner ear and balance and that type of thing. Correct? Mm -hmm. I think So, so. I think so. Um. That's, but again, is that, is the swinging one vestibular or pro, pro, proprioceptive or whatever? I don't know which one it is. Because they, they used to tell me, oh, he loves to be on the swing because he likes that motion. So it might be the, the other one. I hate to admit, I don't know the difference. Honestly, but, I'm not sure, but yeah. it, to me, it sounds more vestibular than proprioceptive. I know the last one, uh, trouble with fine motor, dexterity, uh, grasping tiny objects, drawing, writing. And this is where they work with our kids in class with, like, the pencil grip, mm-hmm. holding the pencil correctly. And and I remember <laughs> all the things you remember from the past when they do the evaluation and, and they ask uh, the kids to cut something out with scissors. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're they're like nitpicking how they cut it out, and uh, again, I I knew so little at that point. I was like, "What difference does it make if he can cut out a square?" <laughs> you know? Well, they have to test to see what their fine motor just yeah, dexterity see, I had, is. I was like, and whether or not break. they have poor coordination, they have to test for fine motor. They have to test for gross motor because Garrett, when he got tested, he, it, it was when he got tested for birth to three, it was found that he was delayed in fine motor skills, gross motor skills, speech and language. So that's why he was given all the services, occupational therapy, physical therapy, and speech and language therapy. Because if they're going to do an evaluation on you, they need to look at all of those things to see if you need all of those services. Oh, I remember one that, like I say, I I probably should have had denial tattooed on my forehead and, and I should probably walk around and then I could be like the sounding board for people that are now where I was then. I just didn't yeah. understand it. It made no sense to me whatsoever. And I didn't the- analyze it that way. I just said, okay. Oh, no, 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 no. It it made no sense to me. I thought they were like 
out in La La Land off their bird. What is wrong with these people? He's just a kid. What do you want from him? And now you have to tell me, did you get the hop on one foot test? Yeah, they do that for that's for gross motor skills. That was another one. I was like, I don't stink and believe it. Or can you catch a ball? Or yeah, catching a yeah, ball. Yeah, that's I think. gross motor skills. I was like, where, you know, where does this even... Because it's part of the ages and stages questionnaires that they need to fill out. And if you're not meeting or exceeding or they have to determine where you are on that spectrum. If you're meeting age-appropriate levels, if you're exceeding age-appropriate levels, or if you're behind, if you're delayed at from that age appropriate level of being able to catch a ball or being able to jump on one foot because by the age of three, you should be able to jump on one foot. True. But I was still in the mode where I thought, well, what if he's just a klutz? (laughs) What if he's just a klutz, you know, what? So he's clumsy, (laughs) you know, you were in complete denial, Pam. Let's let's say you were in complete denial. See, for me, I knew there was something wrong. And I was proactive and I said, okay, whatever we can get for, for Cassidy, we got for Cassidy. And when I was already prepared for Garrett to be in speech and language, I knew he was going to be speech delayed. So, but I didn't know that they were going to tell me he was fine motor and gross motor skill delayed. So, you know, they did all of that with him. And then by the time he was three, he was... Still not up to speed, so then he went to special ed preschool. So, but he definitely um, still has some fine motor skill issues in writing. So, we've implemented assistive technology for him to type out his essays and stuff like that. Because let's let's think about it. We're so into technology now. Handwriting really isn't that important anymore. You, they should still teach it because people do need, God forbid, all the all the electronics died. You'd still have to write your own name, you know. So, but. Uh, I know. I know. Looking back, I think, oh, my gosh. I, I just either didn't see it or didn't want to see it. Yeah. You know, and that's okay. I mean, I don't. I don't fault anyone that's in the same boat as I am now because you got to live it. You mm-hmm. have to live it to understand it. You can't just read a book and, and say, okay, well, maybe they're right or maybe they're wrong or whatever. You have to actually see your child do some of these things and then think, like the, like the girl said, every, you know, if I would touch Joey's arm, he'd smack it right where I touched it. So when they were able to give me right on things like that, like, yes, he does that, you know, and I always thought that was such a weird thing. Like, why is he doing that? You know, so when somebody's able to pinpoint a specific thing like that for me, that's not so generalized, you know, then it kind of started to hit home. Like, what the heck are they, are they talking about? For me, it's such, it's, it's an abstract concept. It's not like saying, Okay, your blood sugar's 195 because this is what do I want to say? They only say you have this. They only label you with this um, when you present with these things. You know, like I'm saying, smacking a spot where somebody touches you. 
So unless you're trained to see that, if you're a mom, you're just going to look at it and say, I wonder why he does that weird thing. You know? Yeah. You, you don't well, for know. me, it was when when it was determined that Cassidy was speech and language delayed, I started doing massive amounts of research because I wanted to understand why my daughter was speech delayed and then why she started banging her head and why all of this was going on. And then I talked to her pediatrician who referred us to a, um, I don't know, some sort of specialist. I don't remember what the title was. Um, and she said that Cassidy was oppositional defiant disorder. And I'm like, yeah, okay, lady, you, you got a case. I went home, went home and looked up oppositional defiant disorder and I was like, yeah, I don't think so. But everything, every little thing that I put into any search engine kept pointing me, kept pointing me back to an autism spectrum disorder. So I read up on autism spectrum disorder and then Garrett was the first one to get diagnosed. So then when I was in there with them and they were telling me and I'm crying and all this, you know, everything you, the emotions you feel when your child is diagnosed and you don't really know a heck of a lot about autism. Um, and, uh, we, um, we, um, uh, I went, I, I said to them, I said, you know what, my daughter, a lot of these things that you're saying to me, she, it's, is disconcerting because is there any way, is there any way you guys can take her and, uh, evaluate her? And they, so they invited her back and, and sure enough, she had the same disorder as Garrett. And, um, you know, we didn't really, basically what I did was contact the school system because she was over the age of three. So she wasn't in pre, she was preschool aged or whatever. But, um, what we did was we got her into regular preschool and people from the school would go, go and check on her. So, but did we even read proprioceptive? I think we did. Or did we go off we on did. a tangent there? I don't think, I don't think we did. I think we went off on a tangent there. Oh yeah. When we got to writing, I was saying about the pencil, holding the pencil and cutting, you know, with scissors. Yeah. We, well, basically proprioceptive is trouble with fine motor dexterity, grasping, tidying objects, drawing, writing, coloring, pouring, etc. Poor coordination, prefers rough play, often breaking toys and other items, positions body in strange stances, gets pleasure from falling down, dangling arms and or jumping, has trouble using silverware correctly, prefers hands and has a tendency to support self by clinging to other people, furniture, or and other secure items. Um, I have to wonder, as we read this, you know, with Joey's behavior of banging, I wonder, you know, if it's if that's what that is for him. You know, everybody says he uses it to get out of doing things and to yeah. express... I, <sighs> Trust me, I mean, he can really bam his hand down to the point that you or I would be screaming. You know, yeah. you would think the small bones in your hand were going to break. And it doesn't seem to bother him. Okay. And I don't, know if, I don't know if it was you or my sister-in-law that said about the kids, the boys, like, slamming themselves into walls. 
Oh, it was me slamming Garrett slamming into me, practically knocking me over while yeah. I was doing the dishes. Yeah, we call it boofing. I'm sorry, yeah. I boofed. And yeah. then we would pack his pack a little backpack full of toy, full of books, and then as much not to overweight him, but just enough to weight him down so it would calm him down. And we'd make him walk the stairs, and then that's when he would calm down, kind of like making a weighted vest, but by using a yeah. backpack. And then, um, then either that or we we would have him pound clay, sit at the table and pound clay. That's a good idea. Yeah. See, Joey's out there right now just banging on the counter and banging on the counter. And <sighs> I, I often think I'd like to get one of those very large African drums. And have him here have yeah. some bongos, Joey. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, the real tall ones. That, yeah. Uh, if they weren't so expensive. Um, and believe me, I've tried everything. My, my one friend Judy said put... Put an upside down uh, plastic trash can next to him. Yeah, and let him bang on that, uh, or what do you call it—a Rubbermaid container or something. But it's just for me, it's hard to understand. And I'm sure maybe sometime when we have someone on the show with autism, they can maybe explain some of these things for us. I mean, how it feels to live it, because it just doesn't doesn't make any sense to you know. Because we don't, our bodies don't react like that. So it's real yeah. hard to, it's real hard to understand. I understand because I have sensory issues. Sometimes I can listen to my music loud, but if I'm stressed out, I can't listen to, I can't listen to the music loud. Like today I was listening to my stereo and Garrett decided he wanted to play on the PlayStation. I got sensory overload. I was like, you either need to turn the PlayStation off or I'm going to turn my stereo off. That was the the two choices. You either need to, to turn that off. So, of course, I'm being the mother. I turn the stereo off, you know, or if I've got a lot of commotion going on and I'm trying to listen to the stereo, I get over overwhelmed. Yeah. So. So I just pop a Xanax and I'm good. but anyway I thought we'd move on to our news stories because we're running out of time okay you're first okay mine is the Mets um, are exploring a quiet section at City Field for families with autistic kids and yes the Mets the New York Mets are exploring the possibility of selling tickets for a quiet section at City Field the Amazons posed the question to their fans in an email survey Wednesday, the Mets are considering adding a designated quiet seating section with lower volume PA announcements and no music or cheerleading. How likely would you be to purchase tickets in that section? It would apply to a section in the second deck left field seats, which sell for between 20 and $78 a piece under the team's dynamic pricing plan. According to the New York post, the paper quoted a few Mets fans who panned the concept calling it stupid, boring, and just not baseball. But there's more to the story. The idea to make City Field more welcoming to families with autistic children, the Mets told W fans Boomer and Carton. The franchise wanted to know if if the interested in such sections extended beyond their autism awareness days. Morning show co-host Craig Carton said Thursday morning. 
it's if that's the sole reason you're considering it, well, bravo, said Carton. You want to allow all kids to enjoy a baseball game, so why not just say that? When asked about quiet sections on Twitter, one fan responded, I think giving the parents of kids with autism a chance to see a ball game without having major issues is, is exceptionally noble. So I thought that was pretty cool, and I think maybe the Yankees need to get on that and the the, the Red Sox need to get on that. That's very nice. It's it's nice to see that the sensory uh, issue is making it way its way through into all different kinds of recreational. Like we have, you know, the sensory family friendly movies. Yeah, that they offer. So now they're yep. going to offer it baseball. They could they could do it everywhere Ooh, because you know? they should be able to go out and yeah. enjoy a baseball game without having sensory overload because of all the cheering and and stuff coming across the PA system all loud and you know so you had a news story this again I don't know how I sometimes I just stumble on these but this really this is something that if I ever get time yeah I would like to do something of this nature it's called turning a societal need into a business niche and it's an article that describes a business model that employs persons with autism and how it can flourish. And the gentleman that started it, he employs persons with autism and much of the work has to do with computer testing, computer, um, anything to do with computers because Mm -hmm. our folks are so detail-oriented. And when you read this article, you'll be amazed of the clientele that utilize this gentleman and his company, big names like... IBM, Mattel, you know, so wow. really, it's it's a great model, and I wish more people would would give it a try to employ because our kids are going to need jobs when they grow up. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. So, how was your week? Oh my God! Ugh. Or how was your last two weeks since we haven't been on in two weeks? Oh, like I said, the dreaded conjunctivitis continues. And worsens. We went to the ophthalmologist on Monday. Joey did well. The doctor was very good. I was amazed. He, this is the first doctor I've ever seen that knew enough and took the time to tell Joey what he was going to do. Like, I'm going to put my hand on my on your shoulder, and then I'm going to show this light in your eyes. You know, he explained every time he was going to touch him what he was going to do, and I appreciated that. Um, the diagnosis was allergy, and he gave us eye drops, but two days later... Joey spiked a fever. As it always seems to happen, we went back to the pediatrician. He gave us um, amoxicillin oral and antibiotic eye drops, and we've been on that for 10 days. Um, it hasn't been fun. Joey pretty much walks around with his eyes closed like a blind person. I forgot to warn the pediatrician not to say the first letter of the alphabet when requesting. Uh. Yeah, and we had a humongous repercussion from that. Um, like I said, well, he has to learn to be honest with you. He has to learn that people are going to do that. I don't know what the aversion to it is, but and we can't, and we can't tiptoe and walk around eggshells, you know, so the, the pediatrician just kind of let him go. You know, he didn't even react to it. Yeah. Good. Because no, he, he, just, he was like, whatever you're yeah, whatever. Yeah. So I appreciate that. And, uh, like I said, the sweaty butt issue Sensory, hmm. like liking to be sweaty in the summertime is driving us crazy.
crazy. Driving him nuts. But inter- <laughs> interestingly enough, today, today, yesterday, we went to Goodwill to look for a secondhand VCR. And there was an Oriental lady in there, and her toddler was picking up something breakable. And she hurried over to take it away from the child. And, of course, she was speaking to him in, in her language um, repetitively, uh, calling the child's name and then saying whatever phrase she was saying. That just sent Joey up the wall. And we had to, like, creep out of the store and get to the car. And <sighs> so it's just interesting how the maybe the, the tone of the language. I mean, you know, all our language has a certain rhythm to it and a certain, you know, up and down tones in it. Whereas I would assume others have have more high tones, you know, yeah. in the way they speak. Mm-hmm. Um, Very well could be. It could be just the tones of what he's hearing. It might not even be what they're, obviously, what they're saying. Yeah, I had no idea what she was saying. Uh, she was just trying to snatch up the toddler before she picked up the glass vase, you know, and... Um, I don't know if it was the repetitiveness of the of the phrase or the actual, like I say, um, intonation of her voice. Yeah. It's it's heck dip- it could have even been the toddler. Uh, she was crying. Yeah. He can't t- he hasn't he obviously can't talk to him about it and find out why he was having a meltdown. Yeah. It he just kept repeating it and repeating what she had said and repeating it and and saying about the lady and, you know, don't say it, lady, you know, things like that. So Yeah. Unless he really understood it. And, <laughs> and that would really, that would really throw me for a loop if it was Vietnamese or somebody actually understood what she said. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how, but, you know. Anyway, that was our week. We're just trying to make it through till till camp starts. So how was yours? Oh, where should I start? Well, as you know, we've talked about this offline, but um, Garrett and had a just—I had a disturbing call from Garrett's school psychologist on Monday, and we've talked in on the show in the past how Garrett says, "I want to kill myself. Um, I, I wish I was never born," um, and a myriad of other things. And we've been working on more positive self statements with him. But the school psychologist called me on Monday. Um, that Garrett was in his office and apparently while Garrett was on recess, he said he wanted something happened with one of the teachers. Um, and Garrett said he wanted to kill himself and he tried to choke himself with his sweatshirt. So that prompted me to get very emotional about it, you know, because he's never acted on it before. Um, so what I did was I called his therapist and got an emergency appointment for the next night with him. And unfortunately she came down with some sort of medical condition. And so I waited all week for, well, they canceled his appointment for that, for the Tuesday night. So I waited all week until Thursday when I never heard from her and I figured something's going on because she's really good about, you know, letting me know. Um, so I called and I talked to the, the person that 
administers the medication, the person that administers his medication wasn't in. She's out on having some sort of surgery. So I went and I talked to the receptionist and she said, well, I'm going to get a hold of the supervisor, the therapist. I'm going to email the supervisor of um, of the person who prescribes the meds and we're going to see if we can't get somebody to call you back. So my ther- his therapist supervisor called me back and told me, yes, she's still out on medical leave. If you don't hear back within a day to set up an appointment, give us a call, give me a call. Well, the day came and went, Friday came and went, never got a phone call. But Garrett's doing a little bit better. You know, I've downloaded songs for him to play to him to make sure he knows that he's not as bad. He's not a terrible kid that should want to kill himself. You know what I mean? Positive reinforcement, you know. Um, But what was amazing to me was when I told Cassidy about what was going on. And she is the the in the tween years. She doesn't want to be bothered by her little brother. She does not like to be hugged. She doesn't even like me hugging her, but she definitely doesn't like her brother hugging her. So she she's usually like, get away from me. So I told her what Garrett had said, and she came into the bedroom that night, and she said, Garrett, Mom told me what you said and what you did, and I love you. And I don't ever want to hear you say that again, because if something bad happens to you, I will be very sad and I love you very much. And then she went over and gave him a hug. So I was like, whoa, breakthrough for breakthrough for Cassidy. We're having a nice family conversation. And then Garrett says, I love you, too, Cassidy. Why don't you sleep in mom's bed with me? So we had mom's sandwich on on (laughs) on Monday night. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, but in the interim, I, I did not call the children's father or anything like that because anything having to do with Garrett's issues, he doesn't agree with me on, especially the medication and all this stuff. But I happened to talk to him on Thursday night and I told him what Garrett said and, um, it wasn't a pretty thing that he said, and we're going to get that toxic individual out of our lives because he's not he's not doing what he needs to do as a parent. And he's the thing that he said was very insulting. And um, there you go. So we've had a rough week, but we've had breakthroughs in 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 other ways too. So, but that was fine. That was my little commentary. But Pam, I'd like to thank you for being on the show tonight. Oh, my pleasure as always. And as always, you can catch us at AutismWarriors.com. Our Facebook is Facebook.com backslash AutismWarriors. Our email, if you want to send us some feedback, is feedback at SayItProductions.com. Our voicemail is 813-915-6390. If you want to call to complain, you're more than welcome. Our Twitter is SayItProds. We're here live every Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget to go to iTunes and to rate and review our show. Have a great night. 